Anybody feel like you were in a Marvel movie the last three days as school has started? Some of you, if you were in Cap Rock, bless your souls, you've already been in school for like three months, probably, right? Four weeks, sorry, it feels like three months, right? Man, it is crazy. Day three, you guys have survived. Three days of school. Does it feel like three days or three months? Three months already. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just curious, how many of your guys' parents did like the first day of school picture this year? Anybody? Yeah? Every year? Every year. Is it, is it our parents' mission to embarrass us? As a dad, yes, that's true. It is, okay? I love embarrassing my daughter, and one day maybe you guys will get the chance to embarrass your kids too. But they do. They embarrass us. And let me give you a glimpse of what my childhood was like. See, my mom and dad didn't do the first day of school pictures. They were just like, please leave us alone and go to school. That's how, and honestly, I kind of have that effect on people from time to time. But my mom was super into like the class photo day, you know what I'm talking about? Where like the professional photographer comes to school and that's the one day you get a zit on your forehead and then your hair doesn't seem to fit quite right and you don't have the right clothes, but they take that picture of you and then your parents buy the photos. You know what I'm talking about? That, my mom was all about that. Like she bought all the different sizes of them and then they just sat in a bin. They never even passed them out. But I just, I figured I'd take you down a trip of why I was uh, made fun of in elementary school. If you'd like to see um, those, those photos, you guys want to do that or would you want to just move on? Okay, cool. So this is first grade Will right here. First grade. There he is. Yes. So I came home my first, my, for my first day of school and I was like, mom, dad, I need a haircut. All right. I got made fun of. And that's what they came up with because this was later in the year. This was the haircut that was better than what was the first day of school. Um, buckle up, second grade's a trip. Here's second grade. Boom. That shirt has a wolf, a ram, and I think there's an eagle. I think it's like a tour of North American mammals on my sweater. Uh, super embarrassing, yeah, that's, and I'm proud. Look how proud I am of that sweater. Yeah, here is third grade. There I am, bowl cut and 20 more pounds. Um, same height, 20 more pounds. Uh, here's fourth grade. There he is. Couldn't, couldn't get out of the bowl cut. I couldn't get rid of it. I couldn't do it. Not until middle school um, I was able to get out of the bowl cut. But have you guys seen the app that like, makes you look older with the filter? It's called FaceApp. Have you seen that? Honestly, I got super distracted preparing what I was going to talk about tonight on that thing. And so if you guys want to do something really funny, get pictures of when you were like way younger and then make yourself look old, okay? So let's go back to the second grade picture, the original, the second grade picture, this one, okay? I decided to put this one into the face app thing. And by the way, the face app thing thought I was a girl. <laughs> so that was a little dagger to my heart. And you can't change that. It's like, oh, this is a woman. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. Thank you. Um, and so... So then I press it, and then this is what came up with. That's pretty funny. You want to know what makes it funnier? I look just like my mom. Look, it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh man, school can be embarrassing, can't it? It really can. School, man, it brings with it a lot of different emotions. Let's take it off. Yeah, okay, that's fine. All right? Here, that's my origin story. All right, right there. Now, 
school can like bring with it a lot of different emotions and feelings, especially like the first week because there's a lot that's new. A lot that's new, new teachers, new, new stuff. Now, some of you might have the same friends. Some of you might even have the same teacher if they decided to teach a different grade. But for the sixth graders in here, it's like a whole new world, right? It really is. It really is. And with that, you want to hope for the best. Whenever you think about your future, you hope for the best, right? You hope for the best. There's very few people that are like, you know what? I wish I would lose my phone five times this year. That sounds like fun. That sounds like a good time. Or I wish, I hope, I hope that I get attacked by a dog this year. That would just be the best, right? Just like stitches and pain. Like no one, you don't hope for bad things. You always hope for what's good. You hope for like a future. And the truth is God places a future that has hope in it for us. God wants the best possible thing for us. But the truth is hope in itself, like if you just hope, it changes nothing. Yay, super encouraging message, Pastor Will. Thank you. I'm super excited. Hope changes nothing. It's true, because it's just hope. It's like a dream. Dreams don't really change something. Actions change something. Actions change something. And if we're looking at the hero series, what are like hero movies full of? Action, right? I want to see the bad guy get punched in the face. That's what I want to see in a hero's movie. So what I'm doing tonight and what we're doing in this series is we're looking at some heroes of the Bible. And the heroes of the Bible, they are men and women of action. They are men and women of action. But the truth is, God calls each and every one of us to action. He calls us up to action. Because if we were just dreaming all the time, just daydreaming, like in my daydreams, I can dunk on top of Pastor Joe. Not reality, okay? I can dream all I want, but that's not actually what I can do. But see, God wants people, wants his kids to do things, to be heroes, to be full of action. And so that's what I want to look at tonight. I want to look at the story of a dude named Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah was just an ordinary guy, was just an ordinary guy. Nehemiah wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a warrior. He wasn't a king. He wasn't a prophet, he was an ordinary dude. And the truth about God is he likes to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. This is what God does. He specializes in using ordinary people to do extraordinary things because we serve a God who is extraordinary, right? We serve a God who is powerful. We serve a God who created us in his image. So if we are created in the most powerful thing in the entire universe's image, what does that make us? Pretty powerful too, I think. And so I think that sometimes we look at heroes in the Bible and we can't identify with them. We can't, we're not like the heroes of the Bible. Nehemiah was an ordinary dude who did extraordinary things and he was a man of action. I think we can be people of action too. So I wanna jump into the story of Nehemiah. He is awesome. Let me tell you a little bit about Nehemiah's job. Nehemiah's job, is a dude, he's called a cup bearer. He bears cups. Basically, he just gives people cups, all right? That's what, that's what he does. Is that a pretty ordinary job? I think so. I think so. Now, he would give the king his cup of wine. That's what he did. Now, also, the stakes were high for this job because Nehemiah had to taste the wine in case there was poison. He would die and the king could live, all right? So that... That changes the game a little bit, all right? Because, you know, every single time you give the king a cup of wine, you could die. <laughs> Stressful, right? Stressful. That's true. 
But the dude was basically a professional drinker, I guess, which is not an occupation you're allowed to like, try and follow today, okay? It's not, it's not something that you wanna set your life toward right now. But he was just an ordinary guy. And he was serving in a time in Israel's history. Israel's like the chosen people of God. And they were taken from their city, Jerusalem, and from their land as captives. And they were taken to this place called Babylon. And they were there for decades. And Nehemiah is serving the king of Babylon. But Nehemiah is Jewish. He's an Israelite. And what's really cool about this time in history is the Israelites are able to start going back to the place they were taken from. And so Nehemiah, he asks the question, how are my homeboys doing back in Jerusalem? Because they were able to kind of rebuild the temple of God when the Babylonians took over Jerusalem like years and years before this. They like destroyed everything. So they're starting to rebuild it. And Nehemiah asked one of his buddies, what's going on back in our homeland where our ancestors are from? What's up? And Nehemiah 1.3 says this. They said to me, Things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Not a good report, right? You imagine you'd be like, hey, how's, you know, grandma's house? Oh, it burned down. Oh, that's bad. That's not good, right? That's kind of like the news that he gets. But what I want to I want to focus in on Nehemiah's story. He's an ordinary guy. All right? But he does an extraordinary thing. See, he doesn't just dream about like what could happen cuz we get bad news from time to time. You can see it on Snapchat, you can see it on Instagram where a bad news happens and you realize, "Oh, there was man, there there there's something bad that happened in my friend's life." Man, that's no good. Ooh, a cat. <laughs> And you just kind of keep scrolling, right? You see bad things kind of happen. You just kind of keep scrolling. But see, Nehemiah wasn't that way. He was just an ordinary guy, but he saw something that needed to change. He saw something that needed to change. And I wonder tonight if God highlights something in your life that needs to change too. Because I think if we look into our future, we want to see something good happen, right? And I think most of us, if we look in our past, sometimes the bad stuff is highlighted. Like the struggles that we had. I mean, think about last school year. What was your biggest struggle last school year? Was it that one teacher? Was it trying to get up every morning? Was it a bully? Was it depression? Was it even suicidal thoughts? Was it porn? Was it something crazy heavy? But we can look into our future and we can hope for the best, right? And so I think that maybe God says, hey, is there something in your life that needs to change? Because he's calling us to be heroes, and heroes take action. They don't just daydream. And so Nehemiah here, he sees something that needs to change. And he's put in his place like he's just an ordinary guy doing his thing. And I think a lot of us are just ordinary people just doing our thing. You're just a student at West doing your thing. You're just a student at 8 9 doing your thing. Like whatever it is, you're just doing your thing. But see, remember, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And I think the smallest thing in our life that changes for the good, we can give God credit for. We can give him thanks for. And so even right now, I think God is wanting to highlight something in our lives that can change for the good. And see, Nehemiah sees that there's a change that needs to happen. And then the first thing that he does is he goes to the king. And not just the king that he gives cup to. No, the, like the king of kings. Look at his, the very next verse um, in Nehemiah 1 is verse 4. Let's check it out. It says, it says that, it's so cool. He says, 
When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. See, he saw a problem in his past, and he saw that, or a problem that has happened in the past, and he's like, I'm going to go to the king of kings, because he's the one that's going to be able to help. He's the one that's going to be able to do the great thing, to do the big thing. You see, prayer needs to be our first response, not our last resort. Our first response. How many times has something hard happened to you where you're just like, I don't know, man, that stinks. That like something bad happens or something tough happens and you just try and get past it on your own. Man, it happens to me all the time. It happens to me all the time. And then it's not until all of a sudden I get into a really dark place or really tough place, that's when I start praying. What if I brought God in on the little thing first before it turned into a big thing? Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And I'm telling you, God wants to know about the little things in your life. He does. If you're having trouble on the soccer field, and you're just like, I just am not as fast as this person, or I'm just, I want to get better at shooting, or whatever it is, like, bring God into those little things. Because, yeah, we can, remember, we're dreaming for something better in the future. It doesn't necessarily have to be attached to a failure of ours in the past. Sometimes God just wants us to do better and, and do things that we love too. So we bring God in on the little things. Now, Nehemiah, he immediately started praying. He started fasting and he even started crying out to God out of deep despair. And so he went to the king of kings, but then he also went to the king. He actually went to the king that he gives you know, wine to. And so he's just an ordinary guy and he's just a servant to the king, but he ends up going to the king. And this is what I want you to know. He went to somebody that was already in his life for help. I want you to just know this. We do the prayer times and stuff in here. If you are going through something really tough in your life, every single person here with the blue shirt, we believe we were, we were put on this planet to help you through things, to walk with you through things, to pray with you through things. We are already in your life and we want to help you. So if there's something going on in your life, come talk to us. Nehemiah went to someone that was already in, their, in his life for help. Go to someone that's already in your life to help. Maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's a coach, maybe it's a parent, whoever that is, especially if they know Jesus, they will help you. Don't stay alone in it either. So Nehemiah goes to the king. He goes to the king and he says this. With a prayer to God in heaven, this is Nehemiah 2. I replied, if it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Now, I think this is kind of funny, because all the king has known about Nehemiah is that the dude gives him one. So I don't know how qualified he is to build a city. <laughs> dude just drinks all day. I don't know what he did, right? And it's just like the king, the king is just like hearing this request from Nehemiah, but he hears the heart behind Nehemiah. And remember, he went to the king of kings first, and God gave him favor with the king of Babylon. God gave him favor with him. And so because he gave him favor with him, the king hooks him up. Not with just, yeah, you can go, but you need to like pay for it all on your own. The king's like, yeah, you can go. How long is it going to take you? Maybe he really like, liked the way Nehemiah presented the cup to him. I'm not sure. But like, he's like, how long is it going to take you? What do you need? And Nehemiah just says, it's going to take me like this long time. Um, but then the king says, you know what? Take all of like these really awesome logs from this one place in my kingdom. And then go here, and then you'll get a whole bunch of really cool stones too. But then also, the king gave him like part of his army to go too. 
So he had like armored escort. Now Nehemiah, instead of just being a cupbearer, is now leading a whole party of people that are now like walking under armed guard to go rebuild this part of the city. And I'm telling you, God will give you favor in your life too that you could never would have thought possible if you go to God with your problems, with your issues, with your dreams. With anything you go to God, he loves to be able to give you his favor and give you a yes to be able to get that stuff done. It's really, really, really awesome. So Nehemiah, first, what he does is he sees that something needs to change. The second thing he does is he goes to the king of kings. The third thing he does is he does the work. Now, that doesn't sound as wonderful, right, to do the work. But the truth is, if you are going out to do something that God has set you you up to do, he's going to make it enjoyable. He's going to make it enjoyable. And the truth is, if you guys are in school right now, that's your thing. That's what you're doing. I believe that no matter how hard and tough school is and how much it just stinks, if you bring God into school, he will make it enjoyable. Whether that's something you want to enjoy, but like, yeah, I really want to enjoy. You don't have to admit it to anybody, okay? You don't. But all of a sudden, when you're bringing God into it, and now the teachers like, like you, and they actually want to help you, and they actually want to be able to like, see you get good grades and stuff like that, it makes it more enjoyable to go back to school. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, you know what? My friends, my friends that were a little bit, little bit tougher to hang out with and stuff like that, all of a sudden, it's not as tough to hang out with them because you realize that you're working towards something with God. It's just a really, really wonderful, awesome thing that God sets us up to do in our hearts and in our lives. We need to do the work. The truth is, with God, like doing the work looks like choosing what you want most over choosing what you want now. Because right now, I want to sleep in. That's true. That's true, Pastor Will. I like my morning all summer. I slept in. But what do you want most? At the end of this school year, do you want the good grades? Yeah. That's, if you can choose what you want most over what you want right now, that's setting you up to do the work God has set before you. Now, it doesn't have to just be around school, because remember, we're looking to our future. We want to get better. And so like, maybe it's an addiction, and maybe it's like lying. Like, I just, you just, you're addicted to lying. You just always have to lie. You always have to lie. Maybe it's that thing of just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose what I want most, which is to, I'm gonna, I want to look more like Jesus, and Jesus tells the truth. I'm going to choose what I want most over what I want now. And you can apply that to any single thing, any part of your life at all. And so Nehemiah, he starts to do the work. Now, fast forward some years. Nehemiah's doing the work. He's given all the resources and the armored escort and all that stuff. Um, And all of a sudden, people start coming against him. Because with the city's wall that's down, who can come in at any point in time? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody, imagine your room, no walls. Little brother and sister come in and mess up whatever they want to. Uh Uh-uh, right? It's one of those things where you're just like, not in my house room, not in my room, whatever it is, right? Imagine it like that. So anybody that wants to mess with anything, steal with anything, um, anything, like just mess with it, like they're able to do that. So Nehemiah's building up the walls. So the people that are coming to Jerusalem to rob them, to be able to steal things, to be able to like uh, just pray on the weak and all that different stuff, they start getting mad about this change that's happening. And let me tell you something that like 
Anytime we start to change for the good, the devil will try and stop us from it. The devil will try and stop us from it. What that looked like in Nehemiah's life was in Nehemiah 4.1. And the dude, the bad guy in the story, his name is Sanballat. Sanballat? (laughs) I don't know. He's a bad guy, all right? He was very angry when he learned that they were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and started mocking the Jews. And this is what happens in our life, too, is that the enemy starts doing stuff, starts saying stuff in our mind and against us when we start changing for the better. Say you had friends in your past that led you down bad paths, that got you to to start doing drugs or start doing things with boyfriends or girlfriends that you wouldn't want to do, or or, or start getting you to skip school or whatever that is, all of a sudden you start making change, you're going to hear things like, what makes you better than me that you you can't hang out with me anymore? Or you say, hey, I want to start coming to 4640 more, but the people used to go to Spin City with are like, what the heck? And you start hearing these things. But see, Nehemiah, Nehemiah was just too busy to hear it. Nehemiah wouldn't Stop the work. I love Nehemiah's response to Sanballat, or whatever his name is, all right? Nehemiah's response in 6.3 says, so I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. I cannot come down. And I think it's the same in our life right now, that whenever we're on the same level as the enemy, whenever we're on the same level as the enemy, he's louder. But if you can get behind what God wants you to do, what that great work is, what's that change he wants you to make, and all of a sudden you see that your position as the enemy was pretty loud, you start climbing. And the enemy gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And the truth is, scripture says that God has placed you above your enemies above your enemies. He sets you on a high rock. He sets a meal in the presence of your enemies. And if you stay up here doing your good work, doing the great work of God, the enemy is a lot quieter, a lot quieter. See, the truth is that there's a spirit inside you, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, lives inside of you. In Romans 8, it says this right here. This is straight up scripture. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. So every time you're doing that good work, you're being the student you were called to be, you stay up on your wall, rebuilding your wall. You stay up doing your good work, and you're just working. And the enemy's shouting, saying, what makes you better than me? And you say, no, I don't got time for that. I'm doing a great work for God. I'm high. Be the student you were called to be. Be the, the child you were called to be. Be the friend you were called to be. This is what God has placed you in a high position above the enemy. And the truth is, sometimes we fall. We're not perfect, right? Say you want to rise above your addiction, rise above looking at porn and stuff like that, but you slip back down. The truth is every single day, Jesus gives you a new chance to climb back up. And not just for you to climb, but he sets you on this high place. And so God has called you to be in this place for good change, to make change happen. So I want you to close your eyes for a second. And I want you to just invite the Holy Spirit into this moment. What is he encouraging you to, to change? He's, 
I believe that each and every one of you were placed in this room, on this planet, for a specific mission and a specific purpose. And as he placed you here, what is the action that he wants you to take? What's the action that he wants you to take? Does he want you to separate yourself from the friends that were leading you down a bad path? Is he encouraging you, saying you have what it takes to be a student that gets good grades? You have what it takes to be able to read at a higher level, to be able to do math at a higher level. You have what it takes to tell the truth. You have what it takes. God wants to use you to do a great work. What's that action going to be? Because God is for you. Who can possibly stop you from doing it? Who's going to stop you from being the student you were called to be? Who's going to stop you from being the child you were called to be? From being the man you were called to be? From being the woman you were called to be? From being the girlfriend you were called to be? The boyfriend you were called to be? Who can stop you if God is for you? Jesus, I thank you for every single person in this room. And I pray, Lord, that you can sink deep into our hearts. And the Holy Spirit, as you are in this room, I pray that you can bless every single heart and soul with courage and strength to be the hero. Courage and strength to take action. Courage and strength to see the change that needs to happen and to go to you for it, God. God, I pray that you can bless us with eyes to see and ears to hear what you want us to do, what you want us to say. And Lord, I pray when the enemy comes that you can give us the strength and the courage to stay high above their voices and not come down because we are doing a great work, a great work. Lord, I thank you bless you and I praise you, Jesus. Amen. I want to say one thing really fast before we, before we leave, is that if you are called to do something to make that change, so you know what that change is, go to the King of Kings. And also come to any of us in a blue shirt if we can help in any way. If you don't know how to get past or how to make that change, come talk to us. I would love to talk to you. I would love to be able to, to help you with that as well, okay? If you need accountability, someone to help keep you accountable, stuff like let us know the pe people that you um, that you want to come to. Maybe even God's putting some of those people in your heart to have a blue shirt on right now. Come to us. Any of us pastors here, we were put on the planet to help you to walk with you through things. Use us. And this week, feel like heroes. God has created you in His image. And he's the most powerful force to ever walk the earth. Jesus Christ, his spirit lives in you. You have what it takes. You're more than enough. You guys can change the world. I love you guys. Have an awesome week. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.